Thank you so much. Well, guys, this is Dwelling Place. I forgot to mention that when we started. This is Dwelling Place from North Point Bible College. Give them a big hand. Say thank you to them. So you might, you might remember a couple years ago, we had some interns with us that, that ministered not only here on a Sunday morning and in children's uh, services and, and in youth group, but... Um, uh, you know, they were, they were here three years ago. One of them is back this Sunday. I saw her walk in. Brianna, you got to stand up. Everybody say hi to Brianna. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Good to see your face again. Brianna was a, a student at North Point Bible College. Um, she's Kathy Saller's niece, if you didn't know that. Fast fun fact. But a um, couple, couple of months ago, back in the, the winter, springtime, I went to a pastor's conference. It was a satellite, uh, you know, conference. And it was, the satellite was at New Life Home for Women. And I sat next to, to this gentleman. And you know what, like, you know how when you sit next to somebody and you're like, hi, what's your name? Yeah, my name's David. My name's Greg. And, and all of a sudden, there's just a connection. There was something powerful. I'm like, where are you from? He's like, I'm, I'm a pastor at North Point Bible College. And I'm like, no way. Like, we've had some interns from there. And we just made a connection. And anyway, we stayed in touch. And uh, I'd like to invite my friend, Pastor David Munley. Would you greet him as he brings us the word this morning? Thank you, Pastor Greg. I don't think Pastor Greg met anybody in his life who he hasn't liked or, or hasn't met as a friend. So... So I take that. Uh, it was a great meeting. It was so nice. But I think your pastor is kind. How, let's give your pastor a big hand. He's so kind. If I was going to get bad news, I would want Pastor Greg to tell me all about it. <laughs> I think you have, a, you have that gift, uh, Pastor Greg. How about uh, Dwelling Place? These are 20-something-year-old students who are tra- who've traveled from Kentucky to Maine and, and a lot in between uh, leading worship and being at uh, children's camps. Uh, instead of on the streets somewhere on a Sunday morning, they're at Shiloh Community leading worship. The future looks bright and the kingdom of God looks wonderful. Listen, I, I just want them just to uh, tell you their names and uh, where they're from. So let's, this is impromptu. So let's do this quickly. All right, right come on. Come on. We'll even get the sound guy. The only time you notice the sound guy is when... Everybody, everybody, come on, everybody, everybody. Come on, andiamo, let's go. All right, ready? What, what, what are we saying? My name? name and where you're from and what year you're in school. All right. Hi, uh, my name is Joseph Mora. I am from Lemonster, Massachusetts, so about like 35 minutes like south of here. Um, and I am going into my senior year at North Point Bible College. Hi. Um, my name is Hannah Caforio. I'm from North Providence, Rhode Island, and this is going to be my junior year. Hi, I'm Isabel. I'm from Pelham, New Hampshire. Um, <laughs> yes, um, and this is, I'm going into my junior year. Hello, I am Eliezer. I'm from North Carolina. I'm going into my sophomore year. Um, I'm Adam. I'm from Middletown, Connecticut. I'm going into my sophomore year as well. Hey everyone, I am Matt. I am also from North Providence, Rhode Island. It's my sister. Yeah. And uh, I just graduated from North Point, so I'm all done. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hi, I'm Chris. Uh, I'm actually from Nebraska. A little out of my way here, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a senior this year. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. 
And Brianna is a senior this year. Brianna, stand up, wave again. One more time. She's a senior this year. Brianna used to do this. She used to travel. And Lindsay, you're going to be a sophomore this year. Lindsay's going to be a sophomore this year. Let's give her a hand. And I don't, I don't know. It's the optimist in me, but I see a lot of future freshmen at North Point Bible College selling your homes and, and giving it all for the kingdom. And join. It's a great time to sell your home, by the way. So uh, becoming a freshman at North Point Bible College. Uh, so anyways, uh, we're here. We're about 35 minutes down the road. Uh, we do one thing. We prepare people for ministry. That's all we do. We are a fully accredited uh, Bible college, and we just prepare people uh, Uh, to preach this gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth before the ends of time. That's all that we do. So if you're interested uh, in, in learning more, we have an online program. Uh, if, uh, if 35 minutes is too far for you to travel, uh, the internet is always open. So we're online. Uh, this fall, we're actually starting uh, master cohorts as well. If you already have your bachelor's degree and you want to uh, go deeper uh, in the scripture, we do have uh, online uh, master cohorts of Master of Arts uh, in Practical Theology with uh, leadership. We have many, many uh, different, uh, different um, concentrations available. So if you're interested in that, that is available. Uh, but we would like to welcome you all to our campus experience. Come check us out October 28th uh, through the 30th. Uh, come check out uh, chapel services. Check out our um our classrooms, check out all the activities. Uh, you can stay in the dorm room or get a hotel, whatever you want. Uh, but it really is uh, an experience uh, for, you to, for you to come. So, uh, so that's a little bit about uh, North Point Bible College. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to give you some leadership lessons uh, this morning. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. Uh, these are called the pastoral epistles. Uh, Paul wrote these. He's actually writing 2 Timothy from a prison cell in Rome, uh, which you could still visit today. If you were to get on a plane, uh, fly over to Italy, and uh, get off in Rome, you could visit this prison prison cell where he wrote uh, this letter. Both uh, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter uh, spent time in this prison. Uh, he's writing to Timothy, who he has established as the head pastor uh, for the church in Ephesus. Uh, Timothy, uh, he calls him uh, Many things in First and Second Timothy, uh, but one his son in the faith, his child, uh, he uh, Timothy got saved under the Apostle Paul's ministry, under the Apostle Paul's first uh, missionary journey, and on the second missionary journey, uh, the Apostle Paul was so enthralled with Timothy that he had him join his missionary journey, and now uh, from salvation to now he's working the ministry and doing the ministry. He's the senior pastor uh, in Ephesus. And he's writing him uh, an encouraging letter. And I want to read this second chapter with you and just pull apart a few lessons that the Apostle Paul is trying to teach uh, young Timothy. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach 
others also. Share in sufferings as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound in chains as a criminal. Again, he is in prison writing this. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure with him, we'll reign with him. If we deny him, he'll deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. How many are grateful for the faithfulness of our Lord and Savior? Thank you, Jesus. Remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They're upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal, the Lord knows who are his. And let everyone whose name, the name of the Lord, depart from iniquity. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions, And pursue righteousness, faith, and love, and peace among with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant conversations. Uh, You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of truth, and they may May come to their sense and escape the snare of the devil and being captured by him to do his will. There are a few leadership lessons that Paul has given Timothy, and I want us uh, to highlight uh, those uh, this morning. Let's go to the next slide. Let me tell you something that happened in my life. Look at that little girl right there. That little girl, Nova Grauman. Uh, she is our first grandchild. My wife and I, we, uh, our first grandchild. It, it's like we had her. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I didn't do anything, but boy, I held her like I, <laughs> like, like I did. Uh, maybe that's, uh, that's what the grand, 
being a grandparent's about. I don't know. But uh, I am a no-no. And if you know anything about Italians, Italians, uh, grandfathers, no-no. So I'm Nona, and that's my wife, uh, Jennifer, and she's Nina. So we got Nona, Nina, and Nova. We're starting wonderfully. So <laughs> there's an end theme. I don't know how that happened. But anyways, uh, so that's uh, we're excited. We were down in Springfield, uh, Missouri, uh, visiting uh, for a week. It wasn't long enough, but God knows. We'll get back there eventually. So, so anyways, that's some good stuff happening uh, in my family. Some principles uh, here. Uh, in uh, If you don't like what I'm saying, just remember that picture, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, some principles that the Apostle Paul is giving uh, to uh, Timothy. Uh, some of the things, leaders develop disciples so that the kingdom of God grows. Look at, look at 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 2. Look at this with me here. Uh, Timothy, Paul's writing, he says, And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We're talking about five generations here. Paul, Jesus taught Paul. Paul, then Paul teaches Timothy. Timothy is to teach reliable men who will be able to teach others also. That's five generations. That's, that's touching five generations of people. And I wonder this morning, I wonder, have you instructed five people, just five people, over your life or in this year? Have you instructed five people or five generations? Can you name five kids in the children's church? Can you name five kids in youth group? Can you name uh, uh, five people with the young adults? Five people, Paul Jesus, Paul, Timothy, faithful men, and to teach others also. How many know there's a teaching thing? There's a teaching theme. There's a community theme. Uh, there's a togetherness that Paul is trying to instill in Timothy's life. Uh, and I love the plan of heaven. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have eternal life. God loved us so much that he showed up. He showed up and he spent his life with people. He spent most of his life with 12 people and he invested his life in these 12 people. He selected the apostles. He associated his life with the apostles. He called them to consecrate their life. He imparted power into their life, demonstrated and showed how to, how to live. He delegated authority uh, to these uh, disciples. He didn't just let them go, but he actually supervised their life. And then he, then he challenged them to multiply their life and gave them power and authority. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, therefore, go and make disciples. Say with me, people. Say with me, people. God is interested in people, and God loves people, and God loved you so much, and he loved me so much that he looked beyond our stuff. Isn't that wonderful? He looked beyond our muck and our mire. He looked beyond our shortfallings, and he wrapped his arms around us, and he loved us to life. God loves people. He's interested in people. He left heaven to wrap his arms around people. And that's exactly what it did for three, three and a half years. He loved people. And those 12 people changed the world for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It works. And Paul is reminding Timothy, 
it works. You've got to spend time with people. Invest in people. What I have, I've given to you. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now I'm giving it to you. It's sort of, Jesus is saying, there's a new sheriff in town and I'm deputizing all of my disciples. Go out and make disciples. Impact people wherever you are, wherever you go, however you go. It doesn't matter. Let's let the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shine brightly in Manchester so the kingdom of God will be exalted and all men can call upon the name of the Lord because we represented who he was. That's what Paul's reminding Timothy here. Leaders develop people. At the end of the day, what are we doing in church? We've got to develop people. We've got to teach people. We've got to live lives and live in community and and really rub shoulders one with another. People, people, people. People matter to God. That's why we count people. We count people because people count to God and they should count for us as well. Leaders develop disciples. Leaders also endure to the end. Next slide. He gives us three examples of endurance. And in this chapter... And in this book, there are four chapters and five times the Apostle Paul uses the word endure. Endure. Paul is writing from a prison cell. This is not Camp Cupcake where Martha Stewart went. I just want to let you know. This is a real prison cell. This is, this is a real, real deal here. Here he is. He is writing to, uh, to, the, to Timothy, who's the pastor in Ephesus. And he is telling Timothy, you've got to endure. You've got to endure. Talk about leading by example. He's telling Timothy, you've got to endure. And he gives us three examples of what endurance looks like. Endurance looks like a good soldier who receives charge uh, from the commanding officer. That's part of what uh, being a disciple is. A disciple uh, receives commands from God and does the things that God is telling us to do. And Paul is telling Timothy that you've got to endure like a good a soldier. Sometimes uh, being a soldier means that you suffer. Sometimes being a soldier in the kingdom of God means at times you, you're going to take a hit from time to time, that you may suffer. That's not the end of the story. That's just part of the story. How many are happy with that? Suffering comes, suffering goes. It's not the end of the story. Don't live there. You got to move on from there. But sometimes soldiers uh, take hits. And Paul's telling Timothy, don't get involved in civilian affairs. Sometimes you're going to actually suffer. Soldiers, you're going to suffer. Uh, You're going to take hits. You're also going to take direction. How many love being told what to do? Raise that hand really loud. Come on. Come on. We're New Englanders, right? We love being told what to do. No, we don't. We hate it. We don't like it. When the world said, go west, young man, go west, New England said, we're not going anywhere. We're staying right here. We love the mountains. We love the ocean. Uh, we 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 love, we're no, no no. You go you go figure it out. We've already figured it out. We're staying. We're staying. <clears throat> Endure like a soldier. Soldiers, where where are you going to live? I'm going to live wherever my commanding officer tells me to live. That's where I'm going to live. What are you going to eat? I will eat. Whatever my commanding officer tells me to eat, that's what I'm going to eat. I just hope there's spaghetti sauce and cheese on it. Anyways, what are you going to eat? Whatever he feeds me, I will swallow. And where he leads me, I will follow. 
How much money are you going to make? I'm going to make exactly what my commanding officer has for me. Listen, soldiers don't tell officers what to do. Soldiers fall in line and they follow the commanding officer. I'm reminding you today that one of the words for our Lord and Savior and titles for our Lord and Savior is he's the Lord of hosts. He's the commander of the army. Soldiers got to endure. So if you're sick of being told what to do, if you're sick of, is sick and tired, of, listen, I'm just telling you, there is a new heart available for you this morning. There is a new mindset available for you this morning. God wants to love you and wrap his arms around you and, and have uh, you right close next to him this morning. Let me tell you, the commands of our Lord and Savior are yea and amen. And the law of God, oh, the law of God, the Bible says we are to meditate on the law of God day and night. It's life unto us. It's life unto us. But a soldier falls in line. And he, and he says, you've got to endure. Leaders endure to the end like an athlete. Athletes have to follow the rules. Listen, it doesn't matter who gets the gold, silver, or bronze in the Olympics. Uh, you'll see it live. The Olympics are coming up very shortly. Uh, you'll see it. Uh, people will stand. They'll get the gold, the silver, the bronze. They'll get all those stuff. But a few days later, once all the tests come through, and either people are going to pass the test because they've, they've competed by the rules, or they're going to fail the test because they did not compete by the rules. Nothing is, nothing, nothing, nothing gets by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're not fooling anybody. How many know what I'm talking about? We're not fooling anybody. God knows everything. And Paul's reminding Timothy, nobody gets away with nothing. We don't get away with anything. He sees all and he knows all. But if you're going to engage and put your hands on the plow and not look back, let's do it by the rules. God has given us all guardrails. Rules protect us. They are guardrails. It's called the straight and narrow. A lot of people are trying to enter in the wide gate and make up their own rules. And nowadays, it's, it's, uh, people are, are, are wanting to do whatever it is they want to do and then call it godly. It doesn't work that way. We come to God one way, and it's through the narrow gate, and it's through the name of Jesus. There is only one name. There is only one way to heaven. And that's through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is a narrow road. Uh, Jesus said this in Matthew 17. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. How many know there are so many ways that you can destroy your life easily? There are many ways to do that. But those who enter uh, by it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard and leads to life. And those who find it are few. Those who find it are few. Listen, enter through the narrow gate. Stay on the straight and narrow. Live on the straight and narrow. I was on vacation this week. I tried to live on the straight and narrow. I ran 20 miles in one week. I'm a runner, so I ran, not, not at one time, but I ran 20 miles over the week, and I still gained five pounds because I ate too much ice cream. And I came in this morning, and I don't know, I, I, Shiloh community, I love you, but Chocolate chip cookies at 10 o'clock in the morning. That, is, that can't be from the Lord. I, that, that, who's, who, said, who voted on that? I don't, I don't know who did. But I didn't eat one. I had self-control this morning. That's it. But maybe by the end of the day, I'll get one. I don't know. Chocolate, I had way too many chocolate chip cookies. And then in Springfield, Missouri, they had this thing called custard. 
Custard. How many have ever heard of custard? Custard is ice cream on steroids. That's all. You look at it, you gain three pounds just looking at it alone. And then you throw all the chocolate and all that stuff. Well, I can't talk about food too much before lunch. But anyways, it's a narrow road. It's a narrow gate. It's a narrow gate. I'm, I'm here to remind you that God does not bend or change the rules for any special people. The, the rules and the ways that God has set up are his rules and his ways. And we fall in line with him. He doesn't fall in line with us. We don't talk God down to our level and then treat him as though he is, he is, he is common. He is a holy God. Hallelujah. He's a holy God. Athletes got to compete by the rules. And farmers, Paul uses this other uh, analogy. He says, the hard-working farmer. And he's saying, you've got to endure hardship like a farmer. Man, far- no food, no farms, no food. I've seen that bumper, stick and that bumper sticker, and that is true. Farmers are, are workers, man. We, a uh, hundred years ago, we were agrarian. We had farms. Now we go and we look for the farms, uh, all, all those things. But farmers have delayed gratification. Farmers have, you've got to endure. You've got to plant something. You've got to water it. And then there's a delay between something planting and, and harvest time. And there's a delay in Christianity as well between being planted and harvested. There's delayed satisfaction when it comes uh, to the things of God. And Paul is telling Timothy, who is a pastor of a church, and this church, if you, read the, if you read First and Second Timothy, if you read the book of Ephesus, there are some real dysfunctions going on in this church, all in the name of God. And what Paul is saying, he's setting Timothy up to be the pastor of this church, and he's setting him up that you've got to endure Endure it like a farmer. The things that you're doing at the beginning, it may not look like much, but it will work correctly in the end. It will take time, but it will work. It will work. It's sort of like that exercise program. When you go in to start exercising, you know, you're not going to lose 10 pounds in one day, and you're not going to look like the Hulk after one week. But if you do it, there's a delay in those things. You've got to endure. Leaders endure until the end. And finally, I just want to say, leaders, leaders have got to pick the right fights. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. You've got to pick the right fights. You've got to pick the right fights. I think, I think, uh, I think we've picked some wrong fights in the church. We've picked some wrong, some wrong battles. We, we've really picked some wrong things. And, and you get into the wrong fight, you're going to get wrong results. It just, it just works that way. Ed Parker said this, he who hesitates meditates on a, in a horizontal position regarding fighting. Uh, the theologian, great theologian, Mike Tyson, he said this, everyone has a plan until they're punched in the face. <laughs> That's true. I remember that Buster Douglas fight too. Mark Twain said this, never argue with a, with a stupid person. They'll drag you down to their level and then beat you with their experience. <laughs> Let that sink in. Mark Twain also said, never argue with a fool. Onlookers, on, onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. <laughs> he also said, it's hard to win an argument <clears throat> with a smart person, but it's almost impossible to win an argument with a fool. And here's, here's my personal favorite. Are you ready for this? This is, this is for all you... Uh, keyboard warriors out there never get into an argument with somebody who types faster than you do so don't don't do that 
Paul's telling Timothy, don't, don't pick up the wrong type of fight. In, first, in verse 14, he says, don't quarrel about words. Don't, don't let yourself just be going and, and have an irreverent babble. Uh, and he names two names, Hymenaeus and Philetus. Uh, they've actually left the truth. They started arguing. They started getting involved in different things. And they actually left the truth. And Paul tells Timothy, have nothing to do with foolish arguments. And I got to tell you, I, I don't remember one issue ever being resolved over Facebook. Not one. Not, there's not one. Not one person has ever been convinced of anything uh, arguing over Facebook. It just doesn't work. We've got to, we got to see, and we've got to see there are fights out there that are just not worth our time. Somebody say amen. There are just some things that just not worth our time. And Paul's telling Timothy 2,000 years ago that this, this isn't worth your time. Don't get involved in this. But church, here's the right type of fight. that You've got to fight to develop yourself. Do your best in, in Timothy uh, 2.15 to present yourself to God as one approved of God who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling uh, the word of truth. Uh, there's a fight that, that's a fight to be kind one to another. The fight to teach one another with patience, Paul says in verse 24. The fight to endure. The fight uh, to correct with gentleness. There's a fight that God has for you, but it's not with irreverent babble. It's not with foolish arguments. It's not with putting people down so you look better. It's not with any of those things, but it's the right fight. It's the right, uh, it's the fight of faith. And I'm telling you, uh, I I feel a fight coming on the inside of me and I feel, I feel just uh, compelled this morning to say, yeah, let God fight in you and let him fight through you and let, their, let the fight resurge in your life. We've got to start fighting again. We've got to start fighting to study the word of God, to read the word of God, to meditate on the word of God, for prayer. There's got to be a fight with inside of us to do the things of God, to to uh, reach the people of God and to reach this city for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There has to be a fight during this pandemic. Man, people, people have, uh, uh, their, their minds have, have gone numb. Their, their bodies have gone numb. People are fighting just to survive. Well, I'm telling you this morning, there is a refreshing and there is a renewing in the presence of God, in the Spirit of God, and there's a revival that is ultimately coming where God's church will be a church that will be without spot or wrinkle. I'm telling you, it's time to fight like a champ. And the first enemy you got to fight is your own self. You got to fight your mind. You got to fight your body. You got to fight your soul. And you've got to tell your body and tell your mind, you've got to think on the things of God. You've got to pray about the things of God. You've got to rehearse who God says you are. And then when you leave your house, walk out the walk of faith and become the child that God has always called you to be. There's a fight on the inside. Let's start fighting again. Let's get up and get going again. Let's get back to the business of God again. But it's got to start with us. We've got to look in the mirror and say enough is enough is enough. 
Listen, people have gained weight over COVID-19. Well, get back on that treadmill. Get back out there. Get back out. You've gained 19 during COVID-19. Get back out there and put one foot in front of the other. I'm not in the shape I used to be. Well, get back one foot in front of the other. Start to do. You've got to start somewhere. And if you can't start, restart. And though you've fallen seven times, don't stay down. You hearing me? Don't stay down. Though a righteous person falls seven times, he gets up. It's time to get up. I remember hearing this one preacher who said, I'm never down. Pastor Greg, he said, I'm never down. I'm never down. I'm either up or I'm getting up. I'm telling you right now, either be up or getting up, but don't stay down. Don't stay down. That is not the position for the child of God. The child of God is the head, not the tail. The Bible says that we're to tread on snakes and scorpions. That's what the Bible says. Treading on snakes and Where's the devil supposed to live? Under your feet, under the authority that God has. You've got to tread. You've got to walk. You've got to talk. You've got to talk yourself into it. I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and refresh you. And it will make tomorrow better than yesterday. A soldier does not look back. A soldier looks forward. A soldier moves forward. A farmer endures to the end knowing that there is a harvest coming. And church, I'm telling you this morning. I'm I'm here under the providence of God. There is a harvest coming for the church of God. This church is not going out. We're not going through the side door. Are you kidding me? Jesus himself is coming back on a cloud and he's going to awe. He's going to, he's going to call us to himself. We are going out with the bang. And the only thing that God is asking us to do, he's asking us to take souls with us. What I'm telling you is this. Give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together. What I'm telling you is the enemy of your soul would love for you and me to sit by ourselves, isolated, and start to feel sorry for ourselves when God has given us everything. Say with me, everything. He's given us everything for life and godliness. Open our eyes and see that the harvest is whiter than snow. We're just going to open up these altars. A dwelling place is going to come back. And if you want, uh, if you want a fresh touch from the Lord this morning, I'm telling you, they used to say this years ago, you got to get under the spout where the glory comes out. You know, uh, that's, that's what they said years ago. I like it. There's a fresh touch from God. Man, if you're feeling dry, if you're feeling like you can't go any further, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Feelings are feelings. There's nothing wrong with that. Man, there's more. There is so much more for you. There's so much more for me. Listen, if God hasn't given up on you, you can't give up on yourself either. Don't give up on yourself. You're listening online. God hasn't given up on you. Don't you dare give up on yourself. There's another day. Let the fight of God rise up on the inside of you. Amen. Lord, I thank you so much for Shiloh. I thank you so much for this beautiful church. You're beautiful people, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for your word of God, which you've exalted above your very name, O oh God. Thank you that it has gone forth and it will accomplish everything that you want it to do. Lord, help us. Put the fight back in us. Lord, the fight to get up. Sometimes even the fight to get up. But Lord, put the fight back in us to get up, to get going to hear you, to see you, to feel you, to know, Lord, that we are about your business, oh God.
Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord. Lord, we pray for those who are dry, for those who are thirsty. Lord, all we got to do is come. Just come. Just like you said, come to me. All who are weary, heavy laden, and you'll give them rest. Lord, we put this next moment into your hands. We just say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for every good and perfect gift comes from you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. These altars are open. I'm going to pass it back to Pastor Greg. Beside you, 
estamos Everything changed for 
here this morning and you don't know the Jesus we've been talking about, you've never been introduced to him personally, would you come up and see me afterwards? I would love to introduce you to my Jesus. If you're online and and you're listening and you're like, these people have something I don't have and I want to get a hold of it, would you email me, greg at shallowcommunity.church? I'd love to introduce you to my Jesus. But if you know Jesus today and, and maybe you've walked away from him, tomorrow morning he's going to be waiting for you. All right, don't stand him up. Don't do that to him. Don't do it again. He's, he's there for all of us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this Sunday. Thank you for the touch of your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, I pray a blessing over all your people. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, I ask that you come, Lord, with a fresh fire for each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be blessed. Thanks for joining us online. If if you want prayer, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you afterwards. All right, God bless. Have a great day.